Okay, we are live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest. His name is Alan McRae. His last name is spelled M-A-C-R-A-E. And he's just published a book, very interesting book, a compilation of his writings. The title of the book is Murder of Multitudes, COVID and the Climate Chronicles, the Big Cull. So it just got published. You can check it out. I will put a link to the Amazon uh, copy. You can get a copy of Kindle and a book. And uh, Mr. McRae is he's conducted senior business on six of the world's seven continents. He's saved up, up to 600,000 Calgarians by shutting down the Mazeppa Sour Gas Project. He re received an award from the Society of Petroleum Engineers. He initiated the new oil sands royalty terms and new oils and tax terms and other significant operating improvements. But he also published really at the beginning of this whole COVID fiasco uh, two documents. He can talk more about that, about the lockdowns and these gene therapy shots. They're really not vaccines. They just The German government just came out, I think, last week and said they had no efficacy, zero efficacy. They probably have negative e efficacy, actually, if you consider how many people have died. There's going to be some astonishing numbers uh, if you haven't heard them yet. Uh, very bad, but uh, he can talk more about that. So Alan McRae, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, William. So for people who may not have heard your name, I saw you were on Tommy's podcast with somebody who I've also studied and listened to, uh, Dr. Hodgkinson. Can you kind of talk about your background, some of the stuff that I didn't cover, and kind of what led you up to publishing this book, Murder of Multitudes? Yeah, my background, um, I went to McGill, Queens University and University of Alberta. I have two engineering degrees. I dabbled in biology at McGill, decided I could do better in another field, so changed into engineering at Queens. Uh, my background has predominantly been in the energy and uh, mining business on six continents. I've run some multi-billion dollar projects and uh, in all sorts of diverse places. Most of my work, early work was in Canada, then I did work all over the world. Uh, I ran a an oil project in Kazakhstan, which was a challenge in itself. Uh, that was sold by my successors to the Chinese for 4.2 billion US dollars. I was project manager for the first two years on that, managed two armed hostage crises in that period of time. Nobody got hurt, everybody got to go home. Uh, the police and army and so on were never called in, even though I was under pressure to do so. And uh, it's been an interesting career. Uh, I've been retired for some years. I got interested in the climate scam way back in 1985, studied it for 17 years. And starting in 2002, I published about 15 papers on the subject. The simple answer on the climate story is there is no real climate crisis and uh, green energy isn't green and doesn't produce much useful energy. Um, that one is finally coming to a head in places like Great Britain, where it was announced, I believe just today, that they're going to back off their net zero fiasco, which has created enormous energy policy, uh, poverty, I should say, in the United Kingdom, and uh, enormous human suffering. People couldn't even afford to heat their homes. Interestingly, I wrote a, an open letter to the Undersecretary of Climate and Energy 
in 2013 and I said, in 10 years, you're going to hit the wall. You're going to have a, a, an energy poverty disaster. And I nailed it to the year. 2023 was the year when they really hit the wall. Yeah, it's, um, true. it's true. And the businesses as well. The businesses got these energy costs that there were off the charts. There's no way they could afford even 10% of their bills. Sorry. Yes, yes, exactly. And Germany was the same way. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm mentioning this up front uh, because I'm really going to focus more today on uh, the, the COVID issues. Uh, but I will say one more thing about the, the climate issues. There were a couple of academics named uh, Rode and, and Fishbeck, and they uh, published uh, an article um, back uh, in 2021. They're, uh, they enunciated 79 predictions of climate-caused apocalypse going back to the first Earth Day of 1970. So we're talking back 50 some years. With the passage of time, many of these forecasts have since expired and expired uneventually. In other words, nothing, not, none of these terrible predictions came true. In fact, 48 of them have already expired to the end of 2020. That is, they've passed their due date. These guys said there's going to be no ice in, in the Arctic by such and such a date. That date passed and there's still ice in the Arctic. So that, that's a fully expired false prediction, okay? So there are 48, 48 of those. I did some simple math and I said, okay, what are the odds of being this wrong for this long? And we're strictly talking climate now, the climate false predictions of disaster. You have to assume a probability. So let's say these guys thought their probability of being correct on their predictions was 60-40 in their favor. The odds of being that wrong are one in 13 quintillion. And if you if go to 70-30, if they assume their predictions were going to be 70% correct, uh, it's one in 13 septillion. That's a lot of zeros. Yeah, true. Is. And just imagine you took your car to the garage three times and this car still didn't run. You'd pick another garage, right? Mm -hmm. Well, in this case, you've taken your car to the garage 48 consecutive times and the car still won't run. Uh, this is the kind of nonsense that we have been subjected to. And it's all part of a propaganda scheme that has been documented actually going back over 100 years. Vladimir Lenin documented his propaganda methodology. Uh, the same propaganda methodology was codified to a significant extent by Joseph Goebbels, who was Adolf Hitler's propaganda minister. And then more recently, around 1970, an American radical named Saul Alinsky did the same thing in a book called Rules for Radicals. And this is one of the things that you, you can easily spot when you're being scammed, when you're being lied to. Because if I were to boil that all down to one or two sentences, it's you never discuss the facts. You never debate the facts. You only shout down and vilify the other side. You cancel them. You do everything you can to hurt them, 
hurt their families, hurt their careers. And uh, that's how you win these arguments. Uh, these people have no facts on their side, so they never debate the facts. They only try to hurt you if you stand up and try to contradict them. That's the way they do it. Indeed. And you see that writ large over the last couple of years. Exactly. The cancel culture is what we call it now. It's been around for 100 years. Um, it goes along with, with uh, hooliganism. Uh, Hitler had his, his uh, brown shirts who used to beat up anybody who disagreed. We see it now in the uh, Antifa and other groups like that that terrorize and brutalize anybody who disagrees with their uh, narrative of the moment, whatever that might be. And then we have it in academia and in professional associations. We're seeing it now in professional associations where uh, competent professionals who speak out against this evil are, uh, are canceled, are losing their licenses and so on. We're seeing that in the medical and that's maybe a good segue to the, to the COVID. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll move from climate to COVID, but climate is a 50 year old scam. It's been around since about 1970. It never had any validity. Uh, climate goes up and down naturally. We know that. There's an ample amount of science among credible scientists. Uh, and we understand a great deal about science, the science of climate, and we understand a great deal about the science of energy. And as, I, as we wrote 21 years ago, there is no real climate uh, crisis. And Green energy isn't green and doesn't produce much useful energy. Those are the two takeaways that really matter. Um, if it's right. okay with you, I'll move over to, uh, to COVID. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in the front of my book, there's a picture of six beautiful young faces, children. Uh, I think uh, my friend, Dr. William Mack has posted this picture uh, of these kids. They range in age, I'm going to guess, from about five to about 15. Every one of these beautiful kids was killed by the COVID-19 vaccine, and they are far from the only ones. They are sampling of <sighs> millions of children worldwide who've been killed by the COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, I believe you're familiar with Denny Rancor and his Correct. team. Yes. Uh, Denny Rancor, in end of 2022, calculated 13 million people in the Western world who had been killed by the COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, the paper that he put out was something like February 9th, 2023. Coincidentally, and purely coincidentally, uh, on the same day I ran a spreadsheet, uh, I used... I'd never heard of Denny Rancourt up to that time and hadn't heard, didn't hear from uh, about him until several months later. But I ran this spreadsheet and I, I used a very similar methodology to his. I, uh, Denny Rancourt used Alberta, sorry, used Australia and Israel as his sample data. I used the province of Alberta as my sample data he calculated 13 million vax killed people in the Western world to the end of 2022. I calculated the same number using different sample, but very similar, although not identical methodologies. 
what we're looking at here is we, we take the raw data from total deaths, which is uh, total deaths from all causes, which is some of the limited data that you cannot, that our governments cannot easily falsify. Uh, and believe me, they have falsified an enormous amount of COVID data. So most of it you cannot use. It's just garbage. Right. Um, They've been caught falsifying bears here in the States, like obviously taking things off of there. And even bears is designed to um, die, you know, make sure that the truth isn't told. Like, uh, it's deliberately a, a lousy system. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's why I use total deaths because it's hard to fake. Uh, some provinces in Canada are doing their best to fake it by not putting it out in a timely way. But uh, Alberta happens to be one of those that is at least keeping that database up to date. So the simple way this calculation is done, and I won't get into too much detail here, is that you have to make certain assumptions, but not very many. In Alberta, I plotted total deaths from all causes going back to about 2014. I did it on the half year all the way through to 2020. So the last piece of data uh, I originally plotted was to July 1, 2020. And so it's annual data, but on the half year. And all those data points plotted on a straight line. What that means is there was no excess, there were no excess deaths in Alberta through the first flu year of COVID-19, flu season of COVID-19. Right. That's a startling statement because we were told to panic and everybody was dying. No excess deaths means no real pandemic, it's that simple. Uh, I made that point way back when in uh, late 2021, sorry, late 2020. And uh, Danny Rancourt made the same point uh, in his February 2023 paper. Uh, Independently of you, right? Yeah. Completely. I never heard of the guy until after we both published. And uh, it's very simple. Uh, Danny was, had a whole team with him and did a lot more work and looked at different countries. But what he found was that total deaths in that period of time in the first COVID flu season were extremely high in some countries and non-existent in others. And as he correctly states, the, the, the virus doesn't care about political borders. These differences were due to differences in healthcare in different countries. Uh, in Alberta, we practiced what's called early treatment. And that is very simple. You first sign of symptoms, you treat the person with a, a combination of antivirals, antibiotics, and so on. And uh, we had no excess deaths. In comparison, and this is a horrible tragedy, in the United States, you had about 530,000 excess deaths in calendar year 2020. And this was due to a combination of late treatment, remdesivir, which blows out the liver and kidneys, and ventilators, which will, in many cases, kill people off through pneumonia. We didn't yeah, I know, actually know. I know a couple people who were murdered. Actually, know a handful actually who were murdered by these killed protocols. Yeah, 
It's unbelievable. Yes, yes, it's it's a horrible reality. Half a million Americans were killed by this late treatment protocol, which was completely 100% wrong, completely 100% unnecessary, and we have the proof right here in Alberta. Yeah, yeah, it's astonishing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's... I have to remind myself that I'm not talking about numbers here. I'm talking about real people who loved and were loved. These these, these were real people who were slaughtered. Uh, yeah, it's medical murder. murder. Medical yeah. murder. Yeah. Uh, and then using the same data, total death data, uh, as I say, we had no real death bump in, Al in Alberta to well past mid-year 2020. But as soon as the vaccines were introduced, we had a big jump. And that big jump, I think, was uh, in uh, calculated for 2021 and 2022. And I think in Alberta, it came to about 8,500. But we're a small province with only about 4 million people. Um, and then I extrapolated that and I got the same kind of numbers, well, the same number, 13 million in the Western world, vaccine caused deaths as Danny Rancourt did using his different country data. Uh, I extrapolated that again to the end of 2023 and I get 19 million. So it's increasing by, you know, it's that that's an assumption I haven't rerun. I ran it back around the beginning of 2023 and, and use that exit rate and just extrapolate it to the end of 2023. Then I take a look at that data and I say, okay, that doesn't really include, there's a number of countries which are just wild cards, but they're very large countries like China, India, Russia, and a few others. And so I said, okay, I'm gonna take that 19 million and I'm gonna just double it to get to about 40 million total deaths to the end of 2023 worldwide. Uh, and that is, I don't think, I think that's a middle of the road number. I don't think that's a high or a low number. So right. that's the kind of numbers we're talking about. 40 million dead people to the end of this year. And we're almost there. Uh, and I have no reason to change that, those numbers at this time. Um, and yeah, it's incredible. That's yeah, that's right. Please go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, it's just an incredible number in a World War III event, but people are just kind of going through the motions. It's it's an astonishing kind of cataclysm where, where people knew they were in war in World War One and World War II, but this one, it's very strange. You don't see enough organization or people coming together, and I think that's intentional. I think uh, they they've really have us under under their thumb, yeah. I'll give that's you raise a very good point, William. Um, here in Canada, we lost 105,000 mostly young men in World War One and World War Two. Uh, by my calculations, we are now at about I'm going to round off and say about 120, 130,000 deaths caused by the COVID-19 vaccines uh, to, to this time. So our fearless leaders, Justin Trudeau and, and Jagmeet Singh, have now killed off more Canadians than we lost in World War I and World War II with their toxic vaccines. Uh, 
the numbers in the United States are even more daunting. Uh, your numbers, I mentioned the 530,000 or so killed in 2020 by late treatment and so on. But then in 2021 and 2022, I calculated 1.1 million Americans killed by the toxic vaccines. To put that in context, 1.1 million also happens to be the total number of Americans killed in all your wars, including the horrific civil war, going all the way back to 1776. And that number is not stopped, it's carrying on. Right. In fact, we're vastly in excess of that because that was only 2021 and 2022. And you also had a half million killed by the late treatment. So you're up to about 1.6 million killed by improper management of the COVID-19 scamdemic versus 1.1 million killed in all your wars. It's, it's just, it's hard to comprehend. It's really that hard. I mean, people just didn't expect, and they were forced to take the shot. They call it a mandate, but these were forced shots. Like you had to do it to work. Like that's how they get people. Everybody here in the States is poor. So if you try to take away their job, it's like, well, I can't work. I, I'll live on the street. Uh, you, they were forced to take it. And then, I mean, Trudeau is trying to walk it back too up in Canada about oh yeah everybody had a choice well no you didn't a lot of it. and that's what that whole uh uh truckers thing that where they all drove convoy was really about the shots right wasn't the yeah it was going? about about uh compulsion yeah and uh i'm very proud of our truckers for speaking up but our government our, our judiciary and our government are as corrupt as yours maybe more so uh and uh so anybody associated with that truckers thing has been vilified. They, they tried to make it, Trudeau make it, made, tried to make it like January 6th. Right. He actually hired actors to go in, provocateurs to go in with Nazi flags and things like that. This is well documented up here. Yeah, I remember right. that. I saw those. I saw that. Yeah. He tried yeah. to make it all look like a far right. They're doing the same thing here in the States. They have this yeah. fake, uh, like, uh, what do they call it? National Front guys. They they look like they came off of a stage act act or something. They're they're totally unbelievable. They're obvious yeah. feds. Yeah. Well, these people were plants, and uh, they they tried to infiltrate and so on. And the truckers just kicked them out. But right now we're having trials up here of people who allegedly organized the truckers, and I don't know what's going to happen to them. I I am going to be very upset if these people are in prison for any further length of time. Uh, yeah, her name is Tamara Lich, I think L I C H. She's very courageous, very very courageous. Yes, she, and you could lose your life. Yeah, you, you have to understand. I, I've unfortunately had uh, had uh, some experience with our federally appointed justices. That's what they're called here. If you're a provincially appointed, you're a judge, and if you're federally appointed, you're a justice. But Justin Trudeau has been busy, and and his predecessors have been busy loading the federally appointed judiciary with uh, close friends and family. And uh, once you're in a federally uh, administered court, uh, you have no, ch no chance here uh, of, of a fair trial. These people basically are under the thumb of Ottawa. Many of them are failed lawyers who were liberal bagmen who collected money for the liberal party from big business and so on. 
big business, the way, the way they work is they kind of give 60% to the party in power and 40% to the power to party out of power. Um, and uh, so these bag men get, get to be judges because they start out as failed lawyers who couldn't make a living and are looking for a job. Right. Right, they 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 come out of the uh, workers to a, to a comfy government job and do what they tell do you know do what you're told. That's right, that's right. They're not independent at all. I've, yeah, uh, I've seen them up close and personal, and uh, I would not let these people wash my car. They're they're disreputable people. So coming back to COVID. I'll just give you a little bit of a chronology. I was planning to go and visit my, my good friend, Dr. Larry, who lives in Thailand. I had a flight booked for February 4th, 2020. And uh, they messed up my reservation and I got on the phone with uh, China Airlines, one of them, and uh, tried to fix my reservation. Uh, this would be in late January, 2020. And uh, I got this wonderful little girl on the phone and she kept saying the same thing to me over and over again, sir, it is bad here. You should cancel. And of course I didn't listen for the first few minutes. All I was trying to do was fix my reservation. But after she might've repeated it five times, I thanked her, got off the phone, looked up the internet and found out about COVID-19. I did go back and I canceled on January 29th for a February 4th flight. And uh, given the time of the lockdowns and so on, it's a pretty good chance I would have been stuck in China. Right. Uh, possibility I might have made it to Thailand, but either way, I would have been stuck somewhere. And uh, if I was stuck in China, I probably would not have survived because it was not a good place to be stuck. That got me interested. I started looking into COVID. Most of the data was alarmist nonsense. Most of the Almost everything on the news, the popular news, was alarmist nonsense. I didn't know that at the time, but I managed to find some quality data on something called the Diamond Princess cruise ship, which was quarantined in Yokohama with in excess of 3,000 passengers and crew. They were all tested using good Japanese technology. Uh, it was very clear from that, and they're all breathing the same air because cruise ships are just a gigantic Petri dish. Yep. And uh, only seven, ultimately eight people died. They were all very elderly. They were literally on their last legs anyway. This was their last hurrah, this cruise. And uh, as one went through the rest of the population, the symptoms were mild and they got milder to non-existence as they got down to the children. I found some other data that corroborated that, I believe from South Korea and from Iceland. Uh, and this data was just completely 100% opposite the popular narrative. The popular narrative, this is a very scary flu, we're all going to die, the, inf uh, you know, the infection fatality rate is going to be through the roof. Uh, the nonsense that came out of Imperial College in, in London, and so yeah. on. This was also a false propaganda, bought propaganda, in my opinion. Uh, I agree. Uh, there was no data to support that. The data was completely contradictory, the quality data. Anyway, I sat there and I listened to this propaganda for over a month. I'd already decided by sometime, let's call it mid-February 2020, that this was not a scary pandemic. Uh, 
then I have another good friend who's also a physician, Dr. Dave. And I was having a scotch with him. I'm going to say March 20th, 2020. I still hadn't published. I was frankly afraid to publish because my narrative was 100% opposite to the popular narrative. I have a, an extraordinary track record of success in my, in my own career. And my expertise is energy and climate. And I was not about to blow my brains out by publishing something that turned out to be false. However, Dave had just come in from work and we were having a scotch at his place. And he talked about his day. He said, I went into work. I did my 12 hour shift. I didn't see a single patient. I didn't bill a single dollar and I came home. And this was the same day, that evening. And I had to ask, I said, well, what about this flood of COVID patients that is supposed to be overwhelming the system? He said, Alan, I work in a 600 bed hospital. We sent everybody home to make way for this so-called tsunami of COVID patients that was gonna overwhelm our hospital. Our hospital's empty. Well, obviously that was a very interesting conversation. I followed up with a number of questions. I said, well, how many COVID patients are in your hospital? He said, today, two. He said, the maximum we've had since the lockdown started a week ago is five. So I asked a number of more questions. It became very clear that number one, the hospital was empty. There was no pandemic. The whole thing was a scam. And I published the next day. And what I published was paraphrasing. We don't need to do these lockdowns. They're going to do enormous harm to the economy, enormous harm to low wage earners. What we need to do is send everybody back to work and school and just overprotect the very elderly and infirm. I published that on March 21, 2020. Six months later, three of the top scientists on the planet published the Great Barrington Declaration, essentially word for word what I'd published six months earlier. The lockdowns were a complete scam, did enormous harm, cost trillions of dollars, put a lot of small businesses, especially out of business, destroyed the livelihoods of a lot of minimum wage workers, and all for nothing. It was all a scam. It was all a scam. It's incredible. Yeah, it's Bhattacharya and Kuldorf, I think, wrote the Great Barrington Declaration, which is in the news. It should be uh, on the Missouri v. Biden case, which looks like it's going to the Supreme Court. But, yeah, they were they were heavily censored. I mean, like, a lot of costs, too, like uh, personal costs, professional harm, those type of things. So, uh, Just like you said, the cancel culture hit them hard. Hit a lot of people. Hit me hard. I had my YouTube channel removed for for questioning the uh, COVID stuff. And yeah, really incredible. But yeah, like you had it right. There was a, other people who were kind of warning, like, "Hey, this these lockdowns are devastating." They actually were devastating psychologically too to a lot of children. Who Good were point. Fear. Yeah, a lot of fear. Good point. Isolation. The school children were hurt enormously, especially the ones from poorer families that did not ensure that the kids we had online school but it wasn't very demanding 
And uh, in my own case, I, uh, I wanted to find something for my daughter to do. So I, uh, she had been a girl guide. And her leader said, you know, she's halfway to getting the uh, Lady Baden-Powell Award. So I put her down to work and she got that award. That is the equivalent of, of uh, Eagle Scout in the States gotcha. and uh, Queen's Scout in Canada. It's a major award. You can put it on your on your, your uh, resume. Uh, looking, I'm searching for the word. Um, your curriculum vitae? Curriculum, your CV, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, she managed to get some significant benefit out of it. Most kids did not. They, they were hurt terribly. The other point is that here in Alberta and also in BC, where I did look at the data, we had a doubling of uh, of uh, drug overdose deaths in that period. I believe it, yeah. And what we're talking about there is these are people who otherwise would be alive today. And the numbers are large. I don't recall the actual numbers, but they're large. And uh, what happens is you have fragile people in your population who need their routines. And if you take away their routine, routine whether it's a a job or going to school or something, a number of them just fall apart. Yep. And that's what happened. These people turned to drugs. They took a fatal overdose accidentally or deliberately, and they're gone. They're gone. So there's all these incidental costs and deaths and misery and stuff like people broke up over it, families parted. <laughs> I've been arguments with my family about the shot. I mean, there's a lot. Like I, I read all the time, so I know that these shots are intended to harm. But some of the people don't know. They believe the propaganda. They think that they're they're gonna actually vaccinate them against against harm. So they think they're doing the right thing. They actually really believe all the propaganda. Keep grandma alive. Keep your your, your family well, alive. Yes. And actually, the effects, Alan, are huge. Really astronomical because I have a daughter in college, and her college. Uh, group really believes in uh, in this climate change they literally believe the world is going to end in 20 years they have this nihilistic view because they don't see a future they believe it so did this kind of spiritual psychological effect is enormous it's not calculable like these these people really they they don't see themselves you know growing old and gray and living to 80 they don't they really don't not just my daughter but her, her whole circle believes this propaganda so it's really sick it, it's a tragedy that people are so easily discouraged about life because as i said earlier that the, the climate scam is a 50 year old scam it never had an ounce of truth to it yeah. and uh as i said repeating myself again the 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 uh, I'll call them the Lenin goals propaganda strategy is a sure giveaway. When people, when the media and, and the government and so on start playing that propaganda card, it's a dead giveaway. You can say, okay, I know I'm being lied to. Right. right. I just need to know the details of what I'm being lied to about. And this book provides a pretty good outline of what those lies were all about. And Agreed. Uh, the, the one thing that I think differentiates it from other documents is it's possibly the very earliest uh, correct call on the 
COVID scam. It's certainly one of the earliest on the climate scam. It goes dates back to 2020, sorry, 2002. There were a few eminent people speaking out against it before then, including Richard Linson of MIT, who I have an enormous respect for, a uh, brilliant man, and a few others. But uh, 2002 is pretty early in the game. And uh, so is March 21, 2020. The other key point I haven't covered is that I wrote my politicians, this is Alberta government and federal government people and all mass media, because I used to publish a lot in the newspapers, just as a sideline. Sorry, my landline just went off. Um, and uh, that is that on January 8th, 2021, I wrote all these people, predominantly the top people in the Alberta government and every MLA in Alberta, member of legislative assembly. And uh, I said, do not deploy these vaccines. They are high risk, unknown and low reward because the only people that might need them if they work and they didn't work, but if they work would be the very elderly and infirm again, going back to the Great Barrington uh, declaration and the data that supports that, that this is not a fatal illness for the entire working population for, for school children, university students and so on. You don't want to do this. It's high risk, low reward. Uh, we didn't even know at that time it was fatal and completely ineffective. But it was a correct call, which I published on January 8th, 2021. Of course, the government didn't pay any attention to that and deployed the vaccines against my strong recommendation. And in Alberta, they've killed probably right now about 12,000 of us in the process. So far, so far. So the so long-term consequences were never studied of this. I mean, not by an independent body, maybe in some kind of DARPA, you know, secret thing they know exactly what the consequences of these shots the cumulative consequences but it's not known to the public so i think that, that the intent to harm is obvious there there's so much toxicity associated with these outside of just the platform the ldl uh, nanoparticles just go all throughout they lied about everything it's just off the charts and it's really is it's almost similar to the climate thing i'm glad you put these together in your book because it really is to do to destroy humanity, destroy prosperity, destroy happiness, destroy your independence, destroy your health. That's what the climate change is going to do. This whole thing is like, there's and, it, and the, the ones at the top will all get all the benefit, right? So the, the pharmaceutical companies made billions. And even here in the States, I mean, they have like a slush fund for so-called climate change that uh, John Podesta, very uh, sinister character is, is governing. Do you know how big it is? $250 billion. So he's just able to take that money and give it to whoever he wants. It's off the charts. It's super corrupt. Yeah, it's it's the ultimate in corruption. Create a false crisis and then uh, create massive amounts of money to fight the crisis and give it to your friends yep. and expect a kickback. Yep, yep, no doubt. No yeah. doubt. I think all those probably every congressman probably, you know, put investments into these big pharma companies because they knew the money was going there. So they probably knew in advance back when you were writing your paper in 2020 to go put money in Pfizer, put money in Moderna, because these boys are going to cash out and we're going to cash out. 
So that's yeah. why they're keeping the scam going. Like the scam is right back. We're right back at the remask and all these people. That, I mean, you're what is it? What's that loser person who's your so-called health minister lamb or whatever is recommending put the mask back on, right? Yeah. The Asian lady. Or she yeah. Lady. She's Teresa a Tam. Uh, she's Tam. a tranny, actually. Yeah. Uh, she used to be a guy. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I'm not surprised, though. Yeah, yeah some people call her Teresa Tran. Uh, oh, wow. Not nice, but there you go. No, uh, these people are vipers. They're the worst. They're child killers. We have one here, this Cohen, Cohen woman, woman who just drives me apoplectic. Like, I cannot even listen to her. She even dragged her kids out for the big kill. And they're trying to lay out this RSV shot where, like, only 25 kids in the whole year died, which is nothing. They probably they didn't even go and do a study. They might have been immunocompromised. But she's saying everybody should take this RSV shot, and it's probably going to have the same kind of effect as these other shots. It's just going to, like, yeah. ruin their health, compromise their immune system, give them kind of uh, immunity dysfunction. I mean, that's yeah. the whole thing. Like, if you're immune to these to these viruses and then you take another uh, vir a shot of whatever it is, a flu shot or anything you could cause all kinds of immune uh compromised stuff like lane bar all kinds of stuff people get all kinds of crazy stuff from these shots it's it's you know, you're raising a very important point i'd like to make to everybody who might listen to this the vaccines are toxic and ineffective not just the mrna ones but specifically and, and mostly the mrna ones which are uh, pfizer and moderna and they're now dragging out, as I understand it, uh, an mRNA flu vaccine for the fall and pushing that one. And nobody should take those. No. These are going to continue the big kill, or as I call it, the big cull of humanity. And the way they work, there's, there's a couple of ways they work. Uh, there's a small but dramatic number of deaths from what's what's characterized as the clot shot, which is you get massive clots in your system and you die typically of a heart attack, sometimes of a stroke. And you're seeing that among young athletes and professional athletes and so on. And they're literally dropping dead on the field. If people want to look up, uh, Google the words died suddenly, they'll see some heartbreaking uh, photographs of young people just dropping dead on the, on the playing field. And, uh, that's that's the best thing I can tell you is don't take any more shots. The next best thing I can tell you is the vast majority of deaths, the 40 million I'm talking about uh, globally from the vaccines are caused by reduced immunity. The vaccines kill your natural immunity or, or damage your natural immunity. And then you're susceptible to everything. Everything from uh, viruses to bacteria to funguses and particularly to cancers. There's a new term out called turbo cancers. Turbo cancers are like this. Normally a cancer takes years to go in your body from stage one to stage four uh, and, and uh, ultimately to kill you if it does. Turbo cancers appear from nowhere and sometimes kill you in a matter of days or weeks. They are that fast. It's because your body has no immunity to fight cancers. The nature of cancers is this, that, that cells in your body are constantly mutating 
and some of them are becoming cancerous and your body has a natural immune system which identifies them as these cancer cells, kills them and kicks them out. And that's why it typically will take somebody up to 10 years to die from cancer because your body, body is fighting that every step of the way. But if you don't have any immunity, there are, there are cases, William Mackis, is, is, uh, Dr. William Mackis of Edmonton, who's a friend of mine now, has uh, documented them in his website. And I strongly recommend his website, William Mackis, M-A-K-I-S. He's a brilliant cancer doctor. And he has uh, daily uh, put out evidence of large numbers of people who are dying from these toxic vaccines. And, right. So uh, you could just, just once your immune system comes, it's vaccine AIDS, VAIDS. So that's it. Just like AIDS patients had before, you know, which uh, Fauci was involved in. But you just get all kinds of uh, opportunistic infections or anything. And it's, that's uh, it. it's cumulative. That's it. So, yeah, you just, you just do not. These are meant to kill. Sorry. It's yeah, these, they're, this they're is intentional harm. These are determined, determined murderers. These are, they're going back for more, kill, the bigger kill. They haven't stopped. Absolutely true. Uh, two um, important presentations recently to the European Parliament, one by uh, Dr. David Martin, who's a brilliant guy, and, and he calls them a bioweapon, and I think that's entirely accurate. And uh, the other one was uh, Dr. Peter McCullough out of Texas, who's a, a cardiologist. They both gave uh, presentations this month, September, 2023 to the European Parliament and they're both very short like 15-20 minutes and very very well presented concise accurate information uh, which states better than I do the nature of our crisis our COVID crisis Yeah, those are two other very courageous, uh, intelligent guys. Like I think McCool has been in the fight from from the get go, but it's just incredible. It's not stopping. So this agenda is, uh, you know, they haven't given up. So it's uh, no, it's carrying on. And as you said, they're they're pushing this this fall flu vaccine up here, and I'm sure they're doing it down there as well. And nobody should take it. Yeah, nobody should I, take it. You're just jumping on the death bandwagon. Yeah, you are. I would never put a needle uh, in my arm from any of these people ever. I even like in the cancer treatments, a lot of these people who get cancer, it's the treatments that kill you. It's not even the cancer. Like you start taking their shots or their med there's quote medication, unquote, that that's kills you. And a lot of times your body, like you said, it'll heal itself. Like some of these things go away. I don't know. I mean, it's like. Yeah, that's the, perhaps the, the last important recommendation I'll make. Uh, to people is try to rebuild your immune systems. Um, the best thing, in my opinion, to rebuild the immune systems, this is important, I'm glad I brought this up. Uh, I like ivermectin, which was a, a an anti-parasitic that was uh, vilified at the beginning of the, uh, the COVID pandemic. And it was actually made illegal here in Canada, and I think in the States, your, your, your medical um, uh, college. Mafia? Medi medical mafia. You can't yeah. get an ivermectin prescription through a normal pharmacy. They actually wouldn't give me one at my pharmacy. 
Didn't yeah. tell me why they wouldn't give it to me, but they wouldn't give it to me. Yeah, well, the situation is that there was a SARS-CoV-1 before there was SARS-CoV-2. SARS-CoV-2 is COVID-19. And that was way back around year 2002. And after that, the medical community looked at it and the pharmaceutical community looked at it and they said, okay, what works best against this kind of virus? And they came up with ivermectin as being far and away the best one. It happens to be, even though it's an antiparasitic, it happens to be a very strong antiviral. And uh, certain places in the world used it. Uh, the, the huge state of Uttar Pradesh in India gave out dollar kits to everybody in the state and knocked down COVID-19 in a matter of weeks. Uh, a few other countries used it as well. I managed to get my hands on some from India. I imported some from India before the, the ban came down. Um, I never caught COVID myself. I'm unvaxxed. I, I saw the scam early and uh, my daughter and I are unvaxxed. But um, several of my medical friends were vaxxed and came down with COVID because of course it didn't work. The vaccine didn't work. And they were very sick. I got ivermectin to them and they were all better in five days, literally. All better from sick, sick, sick to all better. Yep. One of them skied Whistler the day, on day six, and he's a double black skier. <laughs> so that's how well it worked. Uh, it turned out that both of them were also vax injured with chronic bleeding, and I'd sent them an oversupply. They took another 10 days after that, and both of them had their chronic bleeding stop. Chronic bleeding is one of the very common side effects of the vaccines, one of the injury effects. Wow. So it's but, good for the vax injured. So not only for COVID, but yes, people should yeah. just be taking it. And, you know, it's a very non-toxic drug. Like some drugs you have to really watch out for the effective rate and the harm rate are very close to each other. But the effectivity rate for ivermectin and its lethal dose or injure, injurious dose is something so separate. You really have to like take a handful of ivermectin pills to cause you uh, negative harm. So I think like something like the three milligram tablet is the standard dosage per day or something, but it takes like 25 milligrams to actually cause noticeable harm in a- Oh yeah, the numbers are even higher than that. They're even okay. higher than that. Sorry, uh, I'm not a doctor. I don't- I've been, I've been giving people 12 mils a day. Wow. Uh, when they're sick. Um, and, uh, That's a lot. I think that the I think that the standard prescription is a three mil, mil pill, but I, I could be well. That probably for the antiparasitic okay. um, uh, treatment, which has revolutionized the third world because people were riddled with parasites until this came along. And people, yeah, no, it's a miracle drug. It's really one yeah. of the great drugs. The guy's got the Nobel Prize for it, right? The Japanese. That's right. Yeah. That's right. People, people in the third world take a, one pill a, a week, typically, or one pill a month, I'm not sure, in sub-Saharan Africa and so on, places like that, where para, uh, parasites are endemic there. And they, they've just massively improved their lives because of this one drug. But it was vilified, and then it was banned. And it was banned for one simple reason, because in your, in your country, you're not allowed to use an experimental treatment if a good existing treatment exists. So they vilified it and, and banned it so that they could introduce the toxic vaccines and pricey vaccines. The other thing is ivermectin is cheap. I got 
a thousand units from India for a hundred dollars. Wow. 10 cents a pill. Wow. Yeah. The, the big farmer cannot have that. He cannot yeah. have that. So, and it's also, you know, what I've heard Alan as well is that it's actually effective for cancer. There's a, a ivermectin. Somebody says ivermectin, and one other drug together uh, reduces tumor size. So it, you people, if you have cancer or anything, really, you should just try ivermectin and see if you get better. Yeah, it's not easy to get, though. I've had friends go overseas and try to get it, and it's, it's pretty much locked down in other places, too. But that I, nobody should be discouraged. People should get a hold of this stuff because it is, is a very far, powerful antiviral, anti-flu, and so on. Let me go um, see. I got my ship to me. I'm going to go go look at where my... Yeah. Um, the other thing is improving your immunity. Um, there are a few other things. There's something called an outfit called the Wellness Company. It exists in Canada and the USA. And several of these eminent doctors we've mentioned are associated with it. When they are putting out... Uh, some uh, herbal treatments and so on that they claim will help to clear the body of the uh, toxic vaccines and so on. And this is the, the best way to save lives now is to improve immunity and rid your body of this, this poison. And yeah. the obvious thing is don't take any more. Don't uh, take any more. The, the place where I got mine is Pure Science Rx. And it's in San Diego, in po Poway, California. And they sent mm -hmm. me a pill that is a 12 milligram plus 5,000 CU of vitamin D. So it's a ivermectin vitamin D. Yeah, one, yeah. 12 mils, is, as I said, that's kind of the standard treatment I've been, uh, I've been using. I'm recommending. I can't say I'm using because I don't practice medicine without a license. But uh, I can at least tell people about things. Uh, Anyway, that, that is the best thing people can do is, number one, stop the vaccines, and number two, get some treatment, look at the wellness company, uh, get some ivermectin, uh, take 12 mils a day for a fully grown adult, uh, weight proportion to younger people, uh, and uh, that will literally save millions and millions of lives because we are on a, we are, this is not something that stopped at the end of 2023. It's right. going to carry on for easily five years or 10 years, even if people stop taking the vaccines, the deaths will carry on that long. Right. It's uh, I've, I listened to Ed Dowd yesterday and he says it's accelerating. It's not, it's not waning. So, yeah, so my numbers right. will be low because my numbers assumed a level exit rate from 2022. Right. So, and uh, Ed Dowd is another very good one. Yeah. No, uh, his book is died suddenly. You can check out died suddenly. Uh, of all these young kids that you like you feature in your book he features all those deaths and murders really they're really mass murders but also the wellness company has something for blood clots they have a, a pill that has natokinase and some other uh it's like a mix yeah. of three different things but that helps break down blood clots so yeah get on ivermectin if you've taken the shots get on ivermectin i totally agree with that and just try to cleanse your body and get your get your uh, immune system back up to functioning vitamin d get outside fresh air a lot of that stuff you know the, the stuff that everybody says promotes good health people should be doing if they take the shot yeah i think i think that's 
I'm sure when I, I, I'm going to get off this this uh, uh, this interview with you and wish I'd said certain things, but I think we've covered the main points. We've covered a lot. And you, Kyle, you make an interesting, a repeated aphorism I think everybody should remember. And you, this line or axiom you have is hallmark of all corruption is playing dumb. And a lot of these people are playing dumb. They haven't, uh, look, they're playing dumb about the injuries and deaths. And that should tell you everything. They're either in on it or they're, they have some kind of benefit or they're afraid of going to jail eventually. And that, that's actually a very important aspect of this whole crisis, Alan, is that these elections are going to affect whether some of these things ever happen or not. Like, so 2024 election, there's a lot riding on that. If Robert F. Kennedy wins or something like yeah. that, it's like the, these people, they are, they've got to be nervous. They do not want certain people to win. Yeah. 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 And uh, RFK Jr., you know, I used to dismiss him completely. I thought he was an anti-vaxxer nut. Um, I've become very much more sympathetic to his position on vaxxers. Uh, and uh, I, I was never an anti-vaxxer. I took my last flu shot in the fall of 2019, and I'll never take another one because I simply don't trust these people. That raises another important question is how are we going to reestablish trust in our medical profession? They have behaved abominably. Murderously. They're just horrible. Yeah. I mean, they did everything uh, malevolently. The, the kill protocols are astonishing. Remdesivir is a known toxic agent. Like they've tested it on, on people and you know, it's like 50% of them died or like had kidney yeah. problems. Like they know, they knew it. They're aware of it. So they knowingly are putting it out into the system. And yeah, they, that, was they're the 2020, that was the kill shot in 2020 in your hospitals. Late treatment, remdesivir and ventilators. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, uh, as a, a matter of point, uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr. is dead wrong on climate, but there's a pretty good chance he's, he's been more correct than anybody else on the, uh, the, the injections. Yeah, I think there's, there's more and more evidence that it's not just the COVID injections, but many of these injections have had detrimental side effects yes. and have created harm, which then our uh, big pharma can make money treating you for. Yes, I think that they've been poisoning us for two or three decades, and I think it's all intentional. And I think Fauci was put in there to facilitate that for 40 years. So I think that they've actually, I think in my mind, the way I look at the evidence, every person who has autism, it was done intentionally, and they knew it. So they knew they were poisoning people with, uh, what's it called, thimerosal, which is really mercury. So I think they knew that they they went after people and canceled them and went after their professional credentials for bringing that up before. And this was their big chance. This uh, rollout of the shots was really their big chance to injure and kill as many people as possible. So I think it was a gradual, uh, gradual, more and more murders and more and more harms. And this was the big coal, like just like you said, this this whole COVID-19 global attempt was really in a, the, the last in a string of poisonings in my mind. Yes, it's interesting to notice that certain populations that have never taken vaccines, such as the Amish, don't have these problems. Mm -hmm. There's no evidence of autism in anybody who has not taken vaccines. So there's always a correlation. Did you get your full thing of vaccines and you have autism? So <laughs> the thing is, is nobody has autism if you don't take the shots. 
So yeah, and I, I know families who just many, I mean side effects. Yeah, yeah. many many uh, significant illnesses. Uh, autism being perhaps the most visible, but many allergies and so on and so forth seems to be correlated as well. Yes, yeah. So it's a it's a catastrophe. It's a disaster. They haven't stopped, and these people are murderers. They are murderers of multitudes. But Alan, we are at the one hour mark. I think we've covered a lot of information. I recommend people check out this book. They can see links to other interviews you've done and uh, links to just, I mean, you've obviously done the homework and, and are knowledgeable about all of this stuff. So I recommend people check out this book. Where's the best place for people to get Murder of Multitudes? It's published on Amazon in uh, e-copy and also in paperback. And I, I deliberately made it inexpensive uh, so that people can get it and read it and give it to your best friends and save a lot of lives. That's what it's all about. I'm here not to make money. I'm here to save lives. Amen. Amen. So I appreciate you writing the book. I appreciate your time as well. You're obviously very knowledgeable on a lot of different subjects. Where's the best place for people to contact you? Is it on your website or if somebody wants to follow up? Yeah, I have a sub stack and uh, I'm just trying to, to think of an easy way. I think I can put a link to that. I'll just look it up. Alan MacRae's M A C R A E Substack. Yeah, the Substack is, there it is voluminous, and the book is really a boiling down of tens of thousands, literally, of pages in the in the Substack and in associated documents. Because I've been writing my government since 2020, saying stop what you're doing, and all those letters to government are really the foundation for the book. Right. So I see, I'll put a link to your Substack here. You have 500 subscribers and are posting there pretty frequently too. So yeah, people can check out all your research. I see David Martin here, McCullough, people you've mentioned. Mm -hmm. So um, the way the book is structured is the, the heading of each chapter leads you to the Substack. If you want to read 10 or 20 or a hundred times more volume. Right. I boiled down so all the, the background. For, I boiled the book down to about 75 pages so that people could actually read it. Amen. Yeah, it's a good idea. I like the way you structured it so people can hit the links. I linked through to some other stuff uh, as well, just because I wasn't familiar with all the information you had. But again, the author's name is Alan McRae. First name, A-L-L-A-N. Last name spelled M-A-C-R-A-E. I'll put a link to your Substack. And the top full title of the book is Murder of Multitudes, COVID and the Climate Chronicles of Big Coal. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, William. All right. Stay there. Stay there. Bye.